What's happening, everybody? And thank you again for joining us for another episode of The Travel Guides, a podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. And we'll be your hosts yet again. Just GQ here. Got my brother International P here also. International P, what's going on, man? Yeah, how you, how you doing, world? It's uh, International P checking in from uh, Northern California, Sacramento to be specific. Still trying to come up with the, t- the, the catchy taglines for the podcast, but, uh, you know, we're working with it. <laughs> but uh, I'm back, you know, for the listeners and ready to, you know, talk about some good travel hacks and some uh, places that, you know, we've we ventured off to uh, in the past couple of uh Weeks. That's what's up, man. That's, that's your uh, that's your that's your tagline, brother. That's your that's your trademark. The checking in, you checking <laughs> in the game all the time, brother. Yeah, yeah, we, we working on it. That's good stuff, man. So you're in uh, you're in NorCal this weekend. That's a switch up. You've been in you've been uh, moving around, moving out and about in uh, SoCal for the last couple weekends, right? Right, right, right. Last couple of weekends, I've I've been uh, SoCal living. So uh, and it's, that's just pretty much by pure chance, just just having the opportunity to kind of. Uh, you know, go down to L.A. or uh, Calabasas and uh, Malibu to kind of, you know, hang out with some friends and, uh, you know, really just kind of get a different um, start to the summer. (laughs) I like it. I like it. So we got the uh, the Fourth of July coming up this weekend. That's a big, big travel holiday. Got the the large spike spikes in in airline prices and whatnot. What are your plans? What you got going on? Well, I'm uh, going to be in the Bay Area uh, for the 4th of July weekend. Okay, okay. Where about in the Bay? Oh, I'll be in uh, San Francisco. Uh, well, actually, I'll probably be in a little bit of both, to be honest, man. It's, it's nothing but a train ride and a $30 Uber ride. So, oh, nice. I mean, it's, it's, it's not really a big deal. <laughs> what they got going on there this weekend? So, Friday, they have uh, a Bryson Tiller concert. And then uh, after the Bryson Tiller concert, there's a DJ Quest Love from the roots who's uh, performing a little dj set there nice at 1050 Folsom in san francisco so uh that should be pretty lit and uh you know that's gonna be my friday night to the to the extent and you know it might be some you know random um you know events that probably happen in between there but i guess before i was over to the bridge i probably hit to oakland to go to mad oak which is probably a nice little happy hour spot okay and Good then work. uh saturday there's a little like a toasted life day, day party so i'll probably hit that up and then, you know, after that, just probably hit you know, the San Francisco uh, Symphony in the in SF Giants Park. It's like a, a free concert that they're doing just to kind of, you know, chill out, like you know, mellow out b- b- before the, the uh, real turn up of the rest of the weekend starts. And the next day, probably head to a, a friend's, you know, house for for uh, another barbecue as well. So pr- pretty much a lot of BBQ and cookouts and bar hopping, uh, you know, day parties and, and uh, um, probably some brunch in between there as well so you know pretty pretty jam-packed but at the same time chill weekend probably some fireworks on on the pier as well you know fisherman's wharf so that'd be that that'll be cool to watch as well as uh, lake Merritt. so um just depending on what side of the bay i'm on uh, that's probably where i'll be watching fireworks so what about you what are you what are your fourth of july plans that's dope man yeah it sounds like you're gonna have a good Good weekend, a lot of food, a lot of eating out, a lot of a lot of activities. On my end, man, I'm just I'm heading back to Nashville for uh, Friday, Saturday, and early Sunday, and then we'll probably okay. down there. You know, we'll just be kicking it with the fam and uh, might hit the links a little bit, hit some golf balls around, and just like generally chill out. And then I'm gonna come okay. back Sunday by midday. There's a 
concert here is called Man Beyond the Beach. It's a music festival. And I'm, okay. I, you know, I, for the listeners, I am definitely an audiophile. I enjoy all genres of music, everything from Kanye to Kenny Chesney to Mayor Hawthorne to Jack Johnson. I, I rock with everybody just about. I have a great appreciation. As we spoke earlier, you know, with wanting to see the Chili Peppers when they come for, for Lollapalooza. But there's an artist, and I just mentioned him, that I've been trying to track down for years, and that's Mayor Hawthorne, who is this, he has kind of a soulful R&B, almost Motown type of uh, sound to him, and I got put on in like 2011 or 2012 or whatever, and I've just been like wanting to see him in concert, so I honestly amended some of my 4th of July plans so I could get back in the city and see him at Manby on, on the beach. And then, like, Lupe's obviously going to be here as well, which will be which will be awesome. It's one of my uh, old favorites, the cool classic album to this day. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, man. And then uh, Monday, I'm just going to chill out. I'm hoping to be in somebody's pool. You know, if I can just rock a tank for the whole day at most, that'll be a good 4th of July for me, so... Hopefully there'll be some eating there. You know, I'm just trying to max and relax. No doubt, no doubt. That sounds like a, a great Fourth of July. Sound, a, a nice little split between uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Sounds like you have you have a pretty jam-packed Fourth of July yourself. It'll be cool, man. It'll be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't been back home in in some time, to be really honest. So I'll be excited to see your family and friends, and just kind of like you know chill out, kick it a little bit. Uh, always a joy to hit up Pancake Pantry. I am a breakfast lover, a lover of the first meal of the day, the most important meal of the day, and Pancake Pantry and those buckwheat pancakes. I'm coming for them, so you know that'll be a high priority. <laughs> oh yeah, and those lines gotta love them. Gotta, um, I gotta love Hillsborough Village. It's real life. <laughs> I'm just trying to avoid these bachelor and bachelorette parties while I'm down there. You know, if I could stay clear, clear of those, <laughs> there's one every weekend in Nashville nowadays. Oh, it is. Off, off, especially off of Broadway, you oh, definitely yeah. see it. Well, that's what's up, man. So you, um, so we got so for for the listeners, we we know that you, we've gotten some feedback that has let us know how much you all enjoyed. Uh, have been enjoying all the episodes, but specifically the episode where we where right. we featured Kara, uh, and she was talking about Thailand and Malaysia. So we wanted to call out that we're going to be featuring more interviews as well, just to switch it up. As we said, we have been blessed with a network that enjoys travel and enjoys the art of exploration as much as we do. And so we definitely want to be able to broaden our reach as far as topics to cover by leveraging their experiences on the travel guys podcast so there will be some more to come there along with our personal accounts so without further ado let's jump into it i'm gonna give a quick overview of what we'll be talking about today international p found a great article on travel hacks and as you know here on the travel guys we fully endorse the finesse's way of doing things so we'll throw to him here in a second so he can talk at length on that and then secondly we'll cover my last trip to Seattle. It's my first time out there, so I'll give you the hot spots and the how-tos, the places to go, things to do for your first trip out to Seattle in the Pacific Northwest. So, P, why don't you go ahead and let the people know about uh, about these travel hacks. So basically, this is a guide to change your flight the same day. Um, sometimes you'll get to a destination and either you want to leave a couple of hours early or a whole day early, or you may want a couple of hours later, or like almost a whole day later, depending on you know the destination or the vacation spot you're at. And 
and probably went into this problem a lot because you booked the cheapest ticket and sometimes the cheapest ticket either leaves out extremely early in the morning, like five, six, seven, eight, eight a.m. or extremely late at night, almost borderline to midnight. So uh, here's some, you know, quick vocabulary uh, to kind of understand and and to kind of help you uh, navigate through the whole standby and a same day process. So basically, a same-day change is when an agent confirms your change onto another flight. In most cases, it's, you, you no longer have a, a reservation. Essentially, they kind of cancel your ticket and give you a, a, another ticket, and you're pretty much on, honored by that other ticket. Uh, a standby uh, is when you don't have the availability of the flight that you're trying to be on is, is not confirmed. Instead, you're placed on this uh, queue list of some sort, and uh, you're waiting to, when that flight is called for those imp- and then you're pretty much guaranteed to get on that flight once that standby uh, list clears. Some of the stand, uh, same-day change fees uh, with airlines, I broke it down. Uh, American Airlines, a same-day change fee is $75. Uh, standby fee, the same. Delta's 50 and their standby fees the same. JetBlue's 50 and their standby fees free. Southwest is just free all around. So free bags, checks. Free uh, uh, same day flight changes, and you can fly standby to the next flight if it's available. So Southwest is pretty much the plug, uh, especially since they had that that hack uh, that pretty much stopped a couple weeks ago. Uh, and the United is seventy five dollars for both as well. So obviously the rules depend on the airlines, but uh, the the key trick is to do is if you can kind of request the flight that you want to be the new flight that you want to be on uh, six hours before the departure. You can pretty much guarantee that as long as you're not routing to a different location. American Airlines is 24 hours, and Delta, JetBlue, and United is the same. Southwest, it's anytime you want. Yeah, you got to love that Southwest plug, man. I mean, that that has made me a loyalist, true to the bone. So basically, I mean, that's the that's the travel hack of the day, right? That's gist of it, but I mean, there's something else to it. So if you're really ambitious, when you arrive uh, at your location, your, des- your destination, spend the weekend or you know spend the, a lot of the amount of days, go to the uh, agent at, at the gate you come in and um, explain to uh, him or her that you're here to see family or you're trying to stay later on your return flight and you want to see if uh, there's some seats that are possibly avail- available for a later flight. And in Chicago and Atlanta, United has shown me a lot of love. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I, I I think that's that gives airlines a great opportunity to drive loyalty with their with their consumers. Because I'll be honest, like with Delta, it, when I was trying to finesse it coming back from uh, from Columbia and make it back to Chicago on the earlier flight, that was the whole way. I didn't even know that Delta was was even uh, allowed to do those things, and it was $50. And to be all the way honest, I, they didn't even charge me the $50. Like So when I got to the gate, they just let me on, and that was it. Just, she just printed me a new ticket. I jumped on the plane and, and went, went on in there. When Last year when we were at Coachella, um, I remember I was coming back from work, and I have to take the Amtrak to work. So the train was delayed by an hour, and I had a tight window to get to the airport because I am notoriously a cheap 
cheapest fare booker. So I was like, I'm going to leave at this inconvenient time. I will make it work, but I'm not paying more than this because, you know, there were other expenses that were involved there. So I knew as soon as I got on the train that I was going to miss my flight because of the tight, because the tight window had eroded all of my, uh, or because the delay had eroded all of my cushion. So I called the Southwest help desk and immediately started pleading my case. It was like, it wasn't my fault. Like the train was delayed. I can show you the tickets. I can show you the train status, like all of these things. And I'm like, I'm like, I just, I need to get out there. I can't, I have a lot of money already like tied up uh, in this trip and this is just going to mess me up. And it, the, the woman on the other line hit Loki hit me with the, I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, can you get here within two hours of your departure time? And I was like, uh, yeah, why are you asking? She was like, well, we'll just book you on stand standby on the next one. And I was like, how much do I owe? She was like, nothing. And I was like, man, Southwest has me for life. And that is like when they have the opportunity to do that and they capitalize and provide that service, that just goes a long way with a lot of people, in my opinion. Exactly. And, and, and also, what a lot of people don't take advantage of is uh, is that just knowing the the, the flight rules, uh, rules and regulations to flying, the policies that come along with it. Because I think what a lot of airlines try to do is that they try to take advantage of uh, customers, uh, people who are you know running late for their flight, and um, you know aren't just aren't knowledgeable. But you just came back from uh, Seattle. Don't you want to talk about seeing the Space Needle, Pike's Place Fisher Market stuff like that? Yeah, Seattle was Seattle was a good it was a good trip, man. I, I definitely enjoyed it. It was my first time up that way. I haven't. It was honestly I picked up a new state because I hadn't been to Washington and I have not been to Oregon either. And so I wanted to try to work to him. But one of the things I learned was that Portland needs to be next on my list in the Pacific Northwestern region specifically. This was a random flight. I had canceled a previous trip going out there, but. I found a, a cheap Southwest flight. It was about, I think it was like 2.08 round trip and was just able to just booked it and then figured it out later. Um, and as I was, funny story, as I was trying to, as I was doing my, you know, hitting my people up saying, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Like, are you free? Like, let's link up. It, basically, one of, one of my homegirls who I, who I used to work with, I hit her up and I was like, hey, I'm going to be out there. Like, let's link and she was like, I'm actually going to be gone this weekend, but here, but if you, do you have a place to stay? I was like, ah, no, I don't, I don't, not yet. I'm still figuring it out. And she was like, okay, well, um, you can just have my place for the weekend. So she basically like Airbnb'd me her crib for like, for the weekend. I saw her for like five minutes. We like caught up. She was like, here are the keys. Don't break anything. And then she left. And I was like, oh, well. All right, that's cool. The plug. Right. <laughs> so, uh, the plug. And so she was in, she was in like a, a cool part of town or whatever, and um, you know, and so we and, and there were, it was all the neighborhoods there are very rich in terms of yeah, yeah in terms of like the culture and in terms of it, there's a very like hipsters kind of granola vibe there, uh, but that that's oh cool. yeah, very very green. Right, yeah, they love the environment up there. But it was, it was honestly, it was awesome, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, so in terms of like some of the sites that I went to uh, to go see, I mean, I went to the Space Needle, obviously, but I had a similar experience with the Space Needle that I did with the Taj Mahal, as odd as that would sound. So like when I went to go see the Taj, I remember walking up to the Taj 
and turning to one of the people I was with and saying, why is this such a big deal? And I had no idea. I had not done the research that I needed to admittedly prior to going to see it. I just knew it was a huge monument, but I did not, I had no idea what the function of it, why, like why it existed. And, um, just not to leave everybody on a cliffhanger for those who don't know, the, the Taj was, is a, um, is a memorial to, I think the Indian Kings, an old Indian King's wife, uh, Indian queen, I, I suppose. And so, Essentially, with this, I was standing in line for the Space Needle with one of my partners up there, and I looked at him and did the same thing. I was like, do you know why this is like a thing? And I had looked at it ahead of time somewhat, so I was kind of testing him a little bit just because I was curious, and he's from there. But it was made for the World Fair, and they called it the 400-Day Wonder because the entire thing was constructed in 400 days there. There is a uh, base, a foundation that goes... 30 feet below ground, um, and it's 120 feet in diameter, 120 yards, excuse me, in diameter, no, I'm lying, 120 feet in diameter, um, and it's the, it was the, at the time, it was the world's largest structure west of the Mississippi when it was built. Uh, during that time for the for the world fair, so they, but it was pretty cool. Like you go up, uh, they think the, I think the tickets were because I'm a cheap guy. Like there were tickets, uh, they were cheaper before. 10 o'clock a.m. So I woke up early and went down there and did that. Then you could save five bucks on those tickets. Got the tickets. We went up. You go. I don't, I don't remember how many stories it was, but you go up to the front to the top of it and you can see all of Seattle as you would as you would expect. So it was it was nice to have somebody who lived there with me because he was able to explain to me where each of the regions were located. And uh, and so it just gave me like a nice overview of you know, of Seattle and how vast in all reality, like the, the space, the whole city was, um, something that was kind of cool. We could see from up there was the, uh, the real world house, the real world Seattle house for all my, uh, eighties babies and nineties kids out there who, uh, who grew up on the real world. It was definitely, it was definitely <laughs> cool. You know, I was, uh, I wanted to get closer and see if I could go in, but it was a, um, uh, oddly enough, it's not a monument. I feel like that's an oversight, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> they, so it was basically like it's an old warehouse, and they just like rented out the space. So it's it's nothing now. But that was definitely cool. So all, all in all, the Space Needle was was a great uh, way to spend spend uh, you know part a portion of the day there. They have bars that are around there. So my buddy, there was a there was a uh, they split it up the times they split it up into times that you can access the Space Needle. So we had bought our tickets for like we had two hours to kill basically or an hour and a half or something like that and so we went over and got something to eat and at, at one of the bars restaurants that were across the street and then had a had a beer and then headed back over there so it was like it was pretty smooth but all in all that was a good that was a good uh way to spend a portion of the day i will say one of my favorite areas in in seattle that i went to was the starbucks roastery and so i walked in to, so it rained the whole time I was there. So it was like, as as you might expect. So I'm walking in the rain, and I'm like, man, I want a coffee. So I go get a, I stop in this random Starbucks, and then it clicks that Starbucks started in Seattle, and I, there's probably something here for that. So I walk into the Starbucks, and I ask the barista, you know, it, after I order my coffee, if there's, if the Pike Place 
Starbucks is like a special sight to see. And so she mocked me and was like, do you, the the first Starbucks? And she was like, no, it's not special at all. Well, you need to go to the roastery. So I was like, all right. So, so I ended up, so I was like, what's the roastery? And she was like, it's like Willy Wonka for coffee. And I was like, oh, so now I'm intrigued. Now I'm intrigued. So when I was with my man Skylar, we, um, we jumped over to the to the roastery after the Space Needle, and bro, when I walked when I walked in there, it was crazy. Completely customized menu, everything is like wood grain. Like they've got, it looks like it's like you would imagine a brewery, like a brewery tour, except it's for coffee alone. So they have like right. these, and I'm gonna explain this Whoa. terribly, I'm sure, but it was like it was a two story venue um, with some auxiliary floors that were not accessible for the general public that they hold like that where they can hold events and like office space and all in for meetings and all that stuff there but they had these five or six tubes that were running from the uh, vat of sorts uh, up through like a ticker down into the center bar area and these were shoots through which the beans would flow and so they would all go and there were the tickers were counting how many beans they were producing and it sounded like the New York Stock Exchange and then they would crash down into the uh, into the holders of the beans for the for the baristas to grind for the for the end product of coffee. So the whole roasting process takes place there. It was just it was just incredible to see. And so I got um, like I remember mm-hmm. I had some marble cake and I got some, this butterscotch latte because i when i get fancy i'm a black coffee guy but like when i'm getting fancy i will definitely do you know a venti caramel macchiato uh you know on friday because you know i deserve it because i work hard so that that's kind of (laughs) (laughs) it's my own justification but that's that's kind of so i i was looking for that and that's when i realized it was a customized menu because none of the things that i liked except for the black coffee were on there for real and so it was more or less like the flavors were different. They just they definitely like upgraded your whole experience there. And similar to um, you know the Heineken brewery tour in uh, Amsterdam, this made me like a Starbucks loyalist. Uh, I like the experience was just a one, and I, you know I would highly recommend that to anybody that was going. It was incredible. Sounds like you. Uh... You definitely hyped, hyped the city up, man. Like, good. I mean, glad you got to experience uh, Seattle and, um, you know, experience the Space Needle and uh, got to do the uh, the cliche coffee uh, experience. Definitely camp on the plug, a little travel hack on the place to place to stay as well. So yeah, Amanda's super cool too. She'll be, she's going to be a guest on the on the show. I'm sure she'll uh, she'll bring that up because it was it was pretty funny how it, how it happened. It was just I was looking for hotels and they were all super expensive and the airbnbs were high and ambiguous as well ambiguous listings and it was just it it was it was a mess and then she kind of came to the rescue and didn't know that she did so i was definitely appreciative uh you know that 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 she came through for me like that um and then gotta love those last minute plugs absolutely man absolutely and then lastly the the thing i want to mention is uh we went down to the public market which is which is cool and i didn't get a chance to catch a fish you know they they have the fish market down there so they'll throw i'm gonna say halibut i don't know if they throw halibut but it sounds right to me right now um so they they'll throw (laughs) they'll throw one to you you can catch it in uh in a newspaper 
or whatever. And so, like, I wish I would have done that. I'm definitely going to have to do that the next time. But they had a lot of great restaurants that were down there, a lot of the fresh, the fresh seafood. Um, and so I went to a uh, restaurant called Baco for a brunch one morning, and it was it was incredible, man. We had, like, a crab omelet and, like, some pancakes and... They had like crab cake. They had Benedicts. Like with everything had like lobster hash. Like all that stuff. It was just. It was just. It was crazy with like with the seafood. So um, anywhere down in the public market, like you can't miss it. I will say one thing that almost made me sad because I think I I mentioned earlier how much passion I have for breakfast. Um, brunch does right. not go like for the duration of time that it does elsewhere. So like brunch on Saturday will be over by like noon or at most places so it will so plan accordingly or you will be your experience will be relegated to lunch only on the menu so that that was could have been a day ruiner for me if i would have been forced to have a sandwich when i wanted an omelet and a and a short stack of pancakes with bacon sausage eggs the works you know that would have been that would have been upsetting to me so for those who care plan accordingly <laughs> That's real life. Okay, well, I'm glad you uh, definitely had a great time in a 206, man. What'd you think of the airport, though? That that was the other question I wanted to ask. The airport was the airport was interesting, man, because it was it was a lot smaller than I thought. I was able to navigate it pretty pretty nicely, but. I was I was interested. I keep you know we talk about global entry. This is kind of this is my takeaway. When we uh, this is the third time that I've been to an airport that has had hours hours of operation on the global entry TSA pre check line, which is kind of insane to me because like especially if you're paying for it, like I don't want to stand in this line. And I understand how that sounds, but I have not I've planned my day around not having to stand in this line. So when I do this, there's a high probability that I'm going to miss my flight or be sweaty from running to get to my flight if they don't honor the TSA pre-check. And so it was it happened in um, in Midway. They didn't they didn't honor it because I was flying out so late. And then when I was coming back, I was leaving so early that they didn't have a line for it open yet. And I was just like, what is like what's really going on? Uh, But all in all, I mean, Seattle's airport was cool. It was uh you know, it's pretty easy to navigate for the most part. So I, I had a, it was a pretty decent experience there. But I mean, in all honesty, like you've, you've been up there a couple of times, right there in Portland. Well, I mean, I, I definitely uh, have a, a, a deep affinity for the PNW, the, the Pacific Northwest. Seattle, especially just because, you know, it, it's, a, it's a different vibe than, um, you know, the California or the Arizona or, you know, Las Vegas aspects of uh, the West Coast. Um, you know, and I think that has a lot to do with the people, but, but you know, the architecture of the city, um, you know, the seasons, you know, it's, it's very, you know, green out, green as well. And just a different perspective on, um, you know, cultural diversity and technology because of the fact that pretty big startup companies are, are moving uh, locations to uh, Seattle. So uh, the property is obviously increasing. But yeah, they said the rent was so high out there. Right, right, right. But it, it's still a, there's a lot of good things about uh, Seattle in the, in the state of Washington as well because you don't have the income tax. Like I said, I, I love both areas and uh, definitely will uh, make a trip to Portland pretty soon. So yeah, definitely let me know, know about I, that because I'm definitely trying to uh, hop in on that one. 
Oh yeah, we definitely have to link up for the port the the Portland exchange. All right. And um, you know, definitely have a, a travel guys, you know, West Coast edition. Yeah, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> it was cool. It was interesting how the how the areas differed a lot because uh, my friend Mana was staying in her place is in Capitol Hill, which is okay. you know one more of the artsy. I think there are shades of it being like an LGBT friendly area and uh and that's where my my homeboy stayed as well so it was but it, and he's married and he and his wife are young professionals living in living in the city so it's it just seems to be very accommodating whereas i had another uh friend who's who i went to visit he's uh married has has it they have a kid they live out in this spot called ballard which is more which is a little bit further out but still has its own type of vibe there it was reminded me a lot of chicago from the sense of every neighborhood every area had uh everything that you needed like you didn't necessarily have to leave to go elsewhere in in there yeah and personality too right right so i just it was it was interesting and then but yeah there's just a lot of character in the neighborhoods in the different areas within within seattle that were pretty cool Okay, sound like like I said, sounds like they got their Seattle experience, and um, sounds like a great time. Definitely makes me want to go to Seattle like uh, next couple of days. To be honest, man, like, yeah, it was good. It was good. <laughs> you, you, I would definitely be up there if it was just like a if it was just a hop, skip, and a jump for me, like it is for you. So, I uh, I definitely endorse it. I would go back and like I said, need to need to need a fish thrown at me so I can so I can catch that put that on the gram do it for the gram for the one time get my likes up you know I mean? or at least for the snap right yeah all that all that but yeah man so so just for the listeners just to reiterate we definitely want to thank you all for joining us again for another episode please if you haven't uh subscribe listen subscribe and comment on our podcast for uh, on iTunes it's under the travel guides t h e t r a v e l G-U-Y-D-E-S and also for the Android users um, feel free, you guys can listen on on SoundCloud still we, that, that page is still very active and has the same content as the iTunes page so we definitely want to make sure that you guys are able to listen to the episodes just the same so please uh, find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Travel Guides with that being said, we have, you know, interviews that are coming up. We have a lot of fresh new content. I know we have some, you know, some big trips that are coming up as well. And so in lieu of because, I mean, traveling every week is not necessarily continually sustainable, especially, you know, when you're holding down jobs like we are trying to grow your career and whatnot. Um, you know, it's important to be present. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we will probably be featuring some topics of conversation, much like. We spoke about the travel hacks and whatnot. There are a lot of interesting articles and content that are surrounding travel, and some are controversial issues. So that we'll we'll definitely touch on them and give our point of view. Have some interesting debates and and uh, try to have some some commentary from and try to share that commentary with you. So we'll be looking for we're going to diversify some of the features some of the featured topics on the podcast moving into the into the future. With that said, I mean. International P, let the people know where they can find you, man. Yeah, at Y-E-S-S-U-R-O-7. Yes, sir. Uh, and that's on Instagram, uh, and that's Snapchat as well. Uh, be sure to follow me. Uh, you know, send me some DMs or some suggestions for the podcast, and um, I'll uh, try to integrate them and incorporate them into the next uh, the next uh, episode. Absolutely. You can find me 
at JustGQ50 on Snapchat and at GQ50 on Instagram. And with that said, we're signing off. And just remember, your next adventure is just a click away. Thanks for listening.